you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. At JCPenney, fashion counts for everybody and everybody. The weather is getting warmer and it's time to swap my winter layers for fun, vibrant, and cool clothing with so many fun things happening this spring like Mother's Day and the Wind Down Tour. It's hard to find great looking clothes that fit you just right. That's why I love JCPenney. JCPenney has so many stylish and comfortable options for so many different body types. I've been blown away by their selection and everything hugs my body in all the right spots. Refresh your wardrobe this spring with style that gets you. Something to wear that fits your favorite moments of the season at prices that feel just as good. Discover brands that get you and put style and comfort first, like Worthington and Liz Claiborne for her, each in women's petite and plus sizes. Here, spring comes in all shapes, sizes, and colors. JCPenney, make everybody count. This is Amy Brown from Four Things with Amy Brown. Today, Healthier is happening at CVS Health in more ways than you've ever seen. It's wellness destinations for seniors, including select locations with Oak Street Health and CVS Pharmacy. It's doctors, nurses, pharmacists, and everyone in between offering quality care and support virtually, in person, and on the phone. It's in-home evaluations through Signify Health and meeting mental health needs through Aetna. And those are just a few of the ways that Healthier is happening. To see more, visit cvshealth.com slash healthier happens together. CVS Pharmacy, Oak Street Health, CVS Specialty, Signify Health, and Aetna are part of CVS Health. Eligibility and services vary by location and individual. NFL Total Access is a production of the NFL in partnership with iHeartRadio. It's Monday, December 12th, and you are listening to NFL Total Access. The podcast. Those are the voices of today's special guests. Voice number one belongs to the co-host of NFL Total Access, the co-host of the NFL Explained podcast, a man who, if you were to press your ear against his chest, go with me on this, you would hear the Looney Tunes-esque sound of an anvil plummeting from the sky, about to land on the unsuspecting head of a cartoon baddie. Such is the heart-sinking state of affairs for Giants fans currently. He's the sweet potato kid. Welcome Welcome back to the pod, Mike Yam. I thought we were going to have like a Tin Man reference that I had no heart. So I guess, I don't know what's worse, no heart or, or the, the sinking ship. That You've got a heart the size of a rugby ball. <laughs> Voice number two belongs to the keeper of an inconvenient address. And without giving away too much, he's relegated himself and his enormous family to the hinterlands of Central California, which from a quality of life perspective is certainly a win. But from a drive to work on the morning after a snowstorm perspective, well, that's a loss, a big loss. A shutout, in fact. And so today, he joins us from home. I'm guessing he's wearing Ugg slippers and a Tom Brady-esque sweater. Oh, no. Black t-shirt. Welcome back to the pod Super Bowl champion, David Carr. Do Uggs from Tom Brady when we beat him in the Super Bowl count? Because he gave us all Uggs and he thought that was going to be some type of troll move. And we ended up beating him and took his shoes. So does that count? Wow, is that true? <laughs> yeah, it's true. That's amazing. 100%. Awesome. I am your host, NFL Network senior writer, Andrew Levy. I have no such stories about Tom Brady receiving gifts from him, whether in jest or for real. <laughs> and on today's show, Monday questions, 
to Sunday conflict. Like, how seriously should we take the Detroit Lions? Are the Carolina Panthers the best team in the NFC South? Did Brock Purdy just put the aforementioned Tom Brady out of a job in 2023? And is Justin Herbert one of the greatest players at his position in NFL history? But first, this. Prescott in the gun, back looking right, slant, too high, tipped and intercepted at the 45. Snap back, standing, he throws the ball outright, intercepted at the 10-yard line. That is the second interception today. Dak Prescott threw another two picks. That's five in the last three weeks, and yet the Cowboys won their fourth straight game. How lucky did he feel afterwards? As it turns out, not very. I'm damn sure not a fan of that. I think y'all guys know that. Uh, it's frustrating. It's very, very frustrating. Um, if you go back and all of them, yeah, some were miscommunication in the, in the past games. First one, tried to fit it in too tight of a window. I don't even know if Noah necessarily saw it. The second one, my arm got hit. Yeah, unfortunate on some of them, but we've got to find a way. I've got to find a way to, to take better care of the ball. But yeah, damn, damn right, it's, it's frustrating. Uh, and that's not something that I've ever, ever been okay with and never will be okay with. Uh, damn sure I've got to be smarter and just weigh the risk versus the reward in a split second. And that just... Part of, part of my preparation is something that I promise I'll clean up. Okay, guys, you heard him talk about the split-second decision-making, that kind of risk assessment on the fly that he needs to clean up and took full responsibility for. David, I want to go to the resident QB1. That sounds to the layperson listening to that like a very difficult task. I think it is the reason you guys are the focal point of this sport. I think it's the reason you get all the attention. When things are going well, you get all the blame. When things are not going well, and you get the big bag of money when things go particularly well. How difficult is what Dak is asking himself to do better how difficult is that to do? It's extremely difficult, especially when you put it in the context of, of how he said it. That, I think it's impossible because I don't, I don't know that you can, uh, from a quarterback's perspective, allow yourself to wait until that moment of decision-making to make those decisions. I think that why Tom Brady is so good and Peyton Manning and all these guys throughout the history of football, Hall of Famer, Super Bowl winners consistently, is because they consistently have a plan before the snap. That's, that's where you have to get to. And I think that's the issue when you look at, at the Cowboys. Now, you know, we found themselves, or they found themselves against the Texans in a, in a game where all the pressure had shifted to them because they in no way should have been behind in that game. So every, everything in his being is telling him, push the envelope, push the envelope. I have to make a play. I have to make a play. And you're going to have turnovers. That's just in that moment when you live in that world, that's, that's where the ball gets turned over. That's where you make mistakes. So what he has to do and what their team, frankly, their coaching staff, their quarterback coach, they have to coach him up before the moment happens. Like you have to go into that drive, each specific drive. I remember having specific conversations with, especially in New York, Mike Sullivan was great. Kevin Gilbride, even Tom Coughlin would make it a point to come to the quarterback group on the sideline and tell them, tell us specifically what the scenario is for the next drive. What are we aiming to accomplish? And, and if you don't go into the drive with that mindset, you're going you're gonna to be at the mercy of 21 other guys flying around hectically with, without a plan. If it's just to make a play, well, you're going to give place to the other team. And I think that's where the Cowboys and where Dak can, can learn a little bit is you have to coach the situation and you have to prepare for the situation as a quarterback, and no matter how good your team is you know, and how, how explosive you are as a quarterback. David, I want to stay with you, Mike. I'm sorry to keep you waiting, but I'm going to keep you waiting for one moment longer because something that David just said kind of rings in my ears. Are you suggesting, David, that not every drive has the same objective of getting first downs, matriculating the ball down the field and putting points on the board? It's exactly what I'm suggesting. And I think that when you get to that point, 
I think that's where, you know, we hear Willie in our meetings all the time talk about, like we mentioned the Patriots today to him, and not to give stuff away for the show or for the podcast or whatever, but he talked specifically about getting better and improving on the things that we have to improve on. It's not about just winning the game and putting up as many points as you can. You scored 50 last week if you're the Cowboys, and you come into this game and you look like, well, you shouldn't be in the position that you're in. And, and I think that I think that you have to coach and you have to go. I tell our, our young quarterbacks, I tell everyone I'm ever around, every play you have to have a plan because you can't trust just your instincts to react. Now, some guys can. Pat Mahomes, but what did he throw? Three touchdowns and three interceptions yesterday. He's just living on instinctive play, and he's talented. You know, he still gives it to the other team three times. So uh, I, I absolutely believe that you have to have a plan for every snap, every drive. There has to be a specific goal in mind. Coach would say, hey, this has to end with a kick. We have to kick the ball, punt or field goal. Extra point, doesn't matter. That's the, that's the mindset. And there's countless other scenarios like that, but you have to, you got to have, you got to have single focus on that. Dak Prescott went on to say in that press conference that he promised, and he used the word promised, he promised to clean it up. He promised to figure it out. The humility in that word choice I found sort of impressive and interesting. I promise I'll do better. It sounded so youthful to me. And yet to translate what David Carr just said, in order to make good on that promise, Dak needs help from his team, and by team, we're talking offensive coordinators, Kellen Moore, yep. Mike McCarthy, to have a plan before the game, to have a plan before each drive, and yes, to have a plan before each snap. You can't wait till the heat of the moment to make those split-second decisions, at least according to David Carr. Mike Yam, I'll finally get to you, and I'm sorry to keep you waiting. I was impressed by what I saw from the Houston Texans. Yeah. It was a reminder that there is no such thing as an easy out in the NFL. The line on this game was 17. It was gargantuan. It was monstrous. It was the largest line of the week. And clearly, the Texans took a little offense to that, felt disrespected, and played really quite well. Are we not giving enough credit to the challenge that the Texans posed to the Cowboys? Instead, we are choosing to piece apart what the Cowboys weren't and didn't do. David can speak to this probably better than anyone, but every single Sunday you go out onto the football field and the parity that's occurring in this league shouldn't lead anyone to be surprised by the result. That said, if you want to make this a betting conversation and say 17 points, I don't know how many people would have felt comfortable uh, in that scenario. Dallas should have won the game. They did win this game. Getting back to the turnovers from Dak. Uh, David, you, you and I were doing a segment on Total Access last week I thought was really interesting about some of those interceptions that you pointed out, those intermediate throws. I think if you mm -hmm. want to take it even a step further, Dak specifically, he's got nine picks on the season. Eight of them have been in the first half of games. So not to say that situations yeah. are different, but they are different, right? Late in a ball game, and I think that's what stood out in the win on Sunday. Late interception from him. I, David, I, he got his arm you know, hit on that throw. Like, I don't blame him for a poor decision. That ball yeah. just didn't go where it was going to go because his arm got hit. So I'm like, oh, okay, cool. Guess what? This is, I think, even a good thing from a Dallas perspective. You win a tight game. You got to rely on your defense to generate a turnover, which, quite frankly, I didn't think they were going to be able to um, to do. And 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 obviously, we're able to get that done late in this ball game. And then Dallas offensively, what does Dak do in a response to an interception late that I don't even think was his fault? Orchestrates an 11 play, 98 yard drive that culminates yeah. into a game winning touchdown. So I think. Credit due to, tech, to the Texans for making this thing close. Dallas is a better football team, though. Winning games you're supposed to win is important sometimes, no matter how you do it. With their fourth straight win, Dallas keeps a hold of the five seed in the NFC, really a stranglehold on it. They are 10 
and three. Dak has had five picks in the last three games, but again, the Cowboys found a way to win those games based on the balance that both David and Mike have intimated. Those were wins against the Giants, the Colts, and of course the Texans. Not exactly the hardest part of their schedule. They have another game that they will fully expect to win, but it's against a tricky, trickier by the week Jacksonville Jaguars team in Jacksonville in week 15. After that, of course, we know what's coming on Christmas Eve, that game against the Eagles. But let's not be guilty of looking ahead, Dallas Cowboys. You have some business to take care of in Duval. And Dak, you've got some preparation to do as per David Carr. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day. And smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Snag a job is where America goes to hire with the deepest talent pool in hourly hiring. With access to over 6 million active hourly workers, Snagajob is the all-in-one solution for hiring high-quality employees who can cover all your needs. On-demand, tempt to hire part-time or full-time. You name the position. Warehouse worker, retail associate, grocery store clerk, fitness trainer, baker, stylist, bellhop, podcast producer. Yeah, Snagajob's got a worker for that. With our easy-to-use platform, you're able to seamlessly post and fill available positions quickly with a dedicated customer support team to provide all the help you need along the way. Kind of nice knowing you have a talent pool like that in your own backyard, right? Snagajob is the partner you need to keep your business running smoothly. So visit snagajob.com or text snag to 242424 to talk to an expert. Snagajob.com, where America goes to hire. Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cd for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. Next topic, the next game. They went from Jimmy to Brock, from pretty to Purdy. Brock Purdy, the first quarterback to beat Tom Brady in a first career start ever. The San Francisco 49ers take care of business in a surprisingly convincing way, 35 to seven. The big picture question I have for you guys is with regards to the ripple effect of what Purdy's solid play, convincing play, yes, even over this very small sample size, does for the future scope of the San Francisco 49ers and that could potentially affect the future scope of one Tom Brady. But let's go to the game itself. David, what did you see from this quarterback? You're going to point it out in vivid color tonight on Total Access, the broadcast. Give me a few things that stood out 
for you from Brock Purdy's play that impressed you the most? Uh, I think number one is when you watch him get through his progressions, you can see why Kyle Shanahan fell in love with him. Kyle Shanahan's offensive system is built on putting guys in space and then asking the quarterback to almost blindlessly not even care what the defensive structure is, but just go through that progression, right? And so you saw Brock Purdy in the first quarter find his fifth read. Yes, his fifth read, George Kittle, who was blocking initially, and as Purdy slid in the pocket masterfully, getting out of the way, found number five, George Kittle. Watch out for the blitzing uh, Devin White. They typically bring both in, they them. bring both inside backers. Purdy throws, caught by George Kittle for a first down. And on that play, I said, the game's over. They have no chance of beating this kid if he's able to get to his fifth read and dump it down for a first down. Then you go on, you progress through the game. They run a boot action, which we've seen San Francisco run forever. And on the boot action, usually the edge guy is hopefully going down the line with the running back and you get a clean edge and you make a throw. And we don't really get to learn anything from the quarterback in that moment because it's just scheme. It's a nice play design. The offensive line sold it well. Well, in this case, there was a free rusher right in Brock's face. He sidestepped him, stepped up in the pocket, and still made a second-level throw to Debo Samuel on the sideline. He's got a pass rusher right in his face, gets away from it, and it's Debo Samuel up the right sideline. That was the second play where I said, wow, I, I mean, what, what are we watching right now? And then the last play, Christian McCaffrey split out wide. He identifies the single coverage as he steps up in the pocket. Again, pressure right in Brock's face, has enough ability to get the football down the field. They talked about that as he was the last player picked. Oh, he doesn't have enough arm strength to push the ball down the field. Well, it was just pushed down the field perfectly and to the outside shoulder, Christian McCaffrey, who actually drug his feet four different times as he bobbled the ball for a touchdown. Purdy going to throw for the end zone for McCaffrey. Makes the catch for a touchdown! But those three plays, I just kind of watched him and said, man, this kid is already here. And it's like, we got to kind of forget that. I think we just say scrap the fact that he's a rookie because he doesn't play like one. This offensive system, as we've always talked about, is quarterback friendly if, if, and this is a huge caveat in his system, and this is what Jimmy has struggled with, quite honestly, is being able to get through your progressions, get off the first guy, get off the second guy, and just trust that there's going to be another guy there. He trusts Kyle immensely. Because you don't necessarily get off of the first and second guy if that is a Debo Samuel, a Christian McCaffrey, and progress all the way down to your check down if you don't believe that it's going to be there. And he just can consistently does that, and he gives them a chance to win because Kyle's going to do the rest. He's going to put guys in space. The run game will be what it is, and those guys will make plays when he gets in the football, but I, I thought he played brilliant. Mike M., it is something that is very difficult to define, but it is an elusive thing that we know when we see it in fashion, oh, yeah. when we hear it in music, when we've watched it on an athletic field, we know what it looks like. And Steve Mariucci in this morning's meeting said, this kid has the it factor, do you agree? And if so, what is it? So it's actually funny that you bring this up. I, you know, some of our colleagues and David, I don't think you're one of them, but some people have this innate ability on Sundays to watch the games and also tweet about them. I can't figure out how to send <laughs> tweets during games. You can't compartmentalize. Just, yeah, seriously. I just sit in there and I'm, I'm getting like inundated with all these games. There was one moment in particular, though, I actually took to Twitter because it speaks to what exactly what you're describing. David, you probably played on teams, man. Like guys didn't always get along. What I found fascinating, and I don't know if you guys saw this, Brock Purdy rushes for a touchdown. The joy, everyone's happy when you score, and I get that. I could feel it through the television that his teammates were genuinely 
happy for him as a person. And then I started thinking back, yeah. and I talked to you guys last week about this. I, I talked to uh, Brock Purdy's quarterback coach when he was at Iowa State, Joel Gordon. And I went back to my notes, and I'm sitting there going through it, and he's talking about, hey, you know, Brock was the type of kid who could inspire a team. Guys followed him. He'd sign autographs for, for hours for fans. And he goes, I know that doesn't sound like a big deal. He's like, we just... It doesn't, not every kid's willing to go and do those things. And I said, who's your comp? And I think you, Andrew, as a Washington fan, you'll appreciate this. He goes, Brock and I watch so much Taylor Heineke all the time. And I think there's a lot of similarities to their game. But as I'm hearing your question about it factor, there's an it factor with Taylor in Washington. Like guys gravitate towards him. And to me, there's so many similarities, even in a very short sample size, watching the San Francisco 49ers rally around this rookie who's Mr. Irrelevant. They get a win. But once again, that look of joy there, I'm like, oh, maybe there's more to just the physical game that Purdy and Taylor have in that are similar. And maybe it's some of the, the, the nuance, the it factor, so to speak, that you're bringing up. I think the big picture questions that were suddenly popular after Thursday night's game with regards to Baker Mayfield in a Rams uniform, I think those same questions are just as silly today. I don't want to look big picture down the line next season, the season after. That's up to Shanahan. That's up to Trey Lance's health. That's up to Brock Purdy. But let's talk about him in this moment. Is he the man of the moment? Can he be a man of the moment for a team that, David, you intimated, can travel. This is a scheme that can work. It is not quarterback dependent. Can Brock Purdy take this team to the promised land? Is that overstating it? Not at all. No, I I mean, I absolutely believe that they can. I I, I would argue, and I I even said this when it initially happened, when you look at their, just you look at the raw tape, they don't lose anything with Brock Purdy. I think Jimmy Garoppolo might have a slightly stronger arm be able to push the ball maybe a little bit further down the field, but who cares? I mean, you get a guy that can rip through progressions and you got a guy like Kyle Shanahan who can design up plays to get the ball in space to guys. It's irrelevant. The one thing that I'll jump on uh, as far as what Yammer was talking about and, and what you guys were talking about with the it factor, the really interesting thing I, I, I see happen a lot of times with Taylor Heineke and with like a guy like Brock Purdy, they endear themselves to the defense first through the scout team. And, and you kind of heard them talk about that with Fred Warner and some of those guys, how they kind of go back and forth. That's an interesting concept because that doesn't happen a lot with just the starting quarterback. And some of my best friends that I have still today from the New York football giants were on defense, not necessarily the offensive guys. It was because of the time that we spent in practice. So Brock Purdy's able to step into this moment. And yeah, you mentioned it when he ran for the touchdown, his offensive guys were jumping all over him. They're excited. They have hope, right? They have hope that there's a guy that can actually get them where they want to go. But the defensive guys also have that hope, and they're cheering on the sideline. You can see the same you know, uh, energy from the sideline with the defensive guys. They watch the game. Like Those guys don't historically watch the game, but Brock's in. They're watching the game. So I, I think they can go as far as they would have gone with Jimmy Garoppolo, Trey Lance, anyone. I, I don't think it's necessarily about him. And I think that he has, like you said, everything that, that it takes. Historically large gap in age between starters out there in Santa Clara yesterday between Tom Brady and Brock Purdy. Historically large gap in terms of disposition and temperament, too, when that game was over. You saw how miserable Tom Brady seemed that entire contest. My only question with regards to Tom is this, and I think it's kind of a reverse engineer question for Kyle Shanahan. So, Mike, it's unfair to ask either one of you, so I'll go ahead and ask you because David's bigger. (laughs) Does what Kyle Shanahan is seeing from Brock Purdy in training camp, as David alluded to, in practice, leading up to this, and now in the moment when he is is called upon and is answering the call. Does this 
in a way, answer the questions that are circulating in our NFL world about what Tom Brady's future is next year. If you have an inexpensive Trey Lance, which you do, and you moved up to get him, he's clearly the person that you have kind of placed your hopes for the future in. And you have an inexpensive Brock Purdy, who is proving now that he can be a man of the moment. Does this eliminate the Tom Brady offseason rumors to heading back home to San Mateo, wearing the 49ers uniform that he always dreamed of wearing? Does this put that story to bed? I think there's some of that. I look, I don't think Tom Brady's retiring if he if I had to, you know, place a bet on it, which I'm obviously not going to do, but I think the odds are that Tom does come back and play another season. I think the bigger question around the Niners quarterback situation, there's a few teams that are involved in this. Is Daniel Jones certainly comes to mind with the Giants. Like how teams operate. I think what we're seeing from Brock is more impactful on the Jimmy G conversation, does he come back, than it is for the Trey Lance starting thing. I think there's too much draft equity that's invested in Trey Lance to not give him more of an opportunity to take this job. So I think this move from Purdy playing well, I think softens the blow if Jimmy – to, to let Jimmy go in to, to another organization and play. David, my only question for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers is actually this. Is your division mate Carolina Panthers the best team in the NFC South? From what you saw yesterday, final score Panthers 30, Seahawks 24. Without a reliable run game, Geno Smith looked awfully human. Fires downfield, it's going to be picked off. First play of the game. Geno gets rid of the football, it's going to be intercepted again. Geno throws near side, and the ball is intercepted. Oh my goodness. This team looks awfully beatable. They are certainly on a downturn in terms of their current form. Are the Panthers scaring anybody in that Bucks uh, locker room today? Yeah, absolutely. Just because they have what the Bucks want is a run game and a, and a defensive unit that flies around. J.C. Horn, I mean, that guy played fantastic. He broke on some incredible passes that that just probably shouldn't have been picked off. He ended up making plays on several of them. I, I really like that team. I, I think that they've gone through some adversity. You know, when you look at teams like that, that start off bad and you ship a guy out and he goes and starts for a team, wins a game, and you look like you're in shambles, it tends to bring a locker room together or splinter it. These guys could either start making vacation plans or they could figure out that they want to do something and maybe save some jobs. And it sounds like they've chosen to pull together. And it's just, it's never count out a group of men in a room, professional athletes that decide that they want to do something. So whatever's happening there with the interim head coach and that group of guys, they, they feel like they have a chance, and that's a dangerous team because defensively, they're sound and good, and they're well-coached on the defensive side, and then they can run the football. And Sam Donald, hey, he's got talent. Like, we know that, and he feels like he's gotten a second chance on life. So if you give him, you give him a nice run game, you give him some one-on-ones on the outside, he can boot and get out too and make plays, I wouldn't count him out. Thomas Davis called the Panthers' win on Friday during picks and predictions. And I have to say, guys, I looked the man in the face and I was not seeing a homer picking his former team. He had a very lucid argument for why he believed the Panthers would win that game. And it was simply with regards to somebody that you mentioned a moment ago, David, that this is a team who wants to play and win for Steve Wilkes. They want to prove to the ownership that the right guy has the job right now. This is not an interim label. Take it off, make him permanent. I found that to be very compelling, and certainly the performance 
suggested that that may be correct. Looking ahead, NFC South fans, the Buccaneers at 6-7 and seven remain atop this division. They have games against the Bengals, the Cardinals, the Panthers, and the Falcons to finish their season. The Panthers at 5-8 and eight have Steelers, Lions, Bucks, and Saints. You could argue that the Panthers' road is a little bit more difficult, but let's say the Panthers were to win out and finish 9-8. and eight. That would mean they had beaten the Bucks, giving them an eighth loss, meaning the Bucks would have to win all three of those remaining games in order to keep pace with the Panthers. We'll keep an eye on this in the NFC South. It's getting suddenly, surprisingly, very interesting. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Snag a job is where America goes to hire with the deepest talent pool in hourly hiring. With access to over 6 million active hourly workers, Snagajob is the all-in-one solution for hiring high-quality employees who can cover all your needs. On-demand, temp to hire, part-time or full-time. You name the position. Warehouse worker, retail associate, grocery store clerk, fitness trainer, baker, stylist, bellhop, podcast producer. Yeah, Snagajob's got a worker for that. With our easy-to-use platform, you're able to seamlessly post and fill available positions quickly with a dedicated customer support team to provide all the help you need along the way. Kind of nice knowing you have a talent pool like that in your own backyard, right? Snagajob is the partner you need to keep your business running smoothly. So visit snagajob.com or text snag to 242424 to talk to an expert. Snagajob.com, where America goes to hire. Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cb for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. You are listening to NFL Total Access, the podcast. I am your host, NFL Network senior writer Andrew Levy. Today I am joined by the Super Bowl champion, the former number one overall pick, David Carr, and Mike Yam, the co-host of NFL Total Access, the co-host of the NFL Explained podcast, which you need to listen to, by the way. Make a note of that. Next game. Rolls to his right, takes that shot, back toward Mike Williams, other side of the field. Caught! Big Mike Williams! Just throw it to Mike! I'm speechless on that one. I mean, that was a roll right, throw left, dime from Herbert. The Chargers, 23, the Dolphins, 17. After the game, Brandon Staley, when talking to our friends Daniel Jeremiah and Matt Money-Smith, said, show me another quarterback in the NFL whose O-line was eviscerated, whose skill position players 
were out and who is still leading his team to a playoff conversation and possibly a playoff berth. Staley stopped and said, don't even worry about thinking about it. There is no other quarterback who can say that he's been fleeced of O-linemen and skill set players as Justin Herbert has and is still in the playoff conversation. David, is Justin Herbert the most underrated quarterback still in the NFL? Well, he's outstanding. I, I, I enjoy watching Justin, you know, minus the two times that he plays the Las Vegas Raiders each year. He does things that <clears throat> there's a quarterback and it's an easy comparison. But that Dan Marino did when I was growing up and watching him, like he just makes throws from the pocket that you just shouldn't be able to make. He gets through his progressions very well. He's incredible. I mean, this is he's as good as anyone in the league at understanding where guys are in space how to throw guys open, when to put touch on the ball. That, that throw to Mike Williams, he throws a lot of fastballs. That was beautiful. It was up and down, just into the back of the end zone. I mean, the guy has an incredible sense of how to throw the football. And it's just a pure thrower. Like, he doesn't really bring much else. I mean, he can move around enough. He's not going to scramble for a ton of yards. But what he does in the pocket is brilliant. Let's look at the numbers here, Mike Yam. Justin Herbert was 39 for 51, 367 yards and a touchdown. Most interesting to me, he was 13 of 20, 185 yards under pressure. And of those seven incompletions, not one was a pick. He didn't panic. He either threw it away or threw it where only his guy could get it. How impressed are you with Justin Herbert? And would you agree with what Brandon Staley went on to say in that interview, which is that we are looking at one of the elite players to ever, ever play the position? Or did Staley overstate that in the heat of a post-game celebration? Look, and a lot of reason to be excited the way that he was able to play. So a couple things to unpack here. Number one, the conversation that I thought was unfair about Justin not being you know, as talented as we thought, because that started to creep up a little bit. I'm thinking all the things that Staley said about personnel, Mike Williams, Keenan Allen, those guys being banged up. The fact that one thing that you didn't mention, uh, Andrew, and you and I talked about this off air, is that J.C. Jackson was their big offseason acquisition on the defensive side, and he's barely played this season. So that's another wrinkle that's in the mix here. I also don't know how healthy Justin was for a good stretch of the season. Remember that rib injury? Yes. That ribs, hit that yeah. he took earlier this season. David, I, I got to imagine you probably played with some some hurt, banged it's up miserable. ribs. I, I don't even know yeah. how you're supposed to have you know a, any sort of momentum or, or velocity on any of your throws. So I'm willing to give him the pass on a lot of things this season. And Lord knows on this podcast, I don't know if there's anyone who's been more of a champion than me on this Chargers team. And I get poo-pooed all the time. And Rob always teases me about it, but I, this is a team that, to me, now that they're starting to get a little bit healthier on the offensive side, I think you need to watch out for. Keep in mind, David Carr uh, played with a notoriously clean pocket his entire career, uh, <laughs> was on his feet for most of his career, so no, he didn't actually suffer a lot of uh, aches and pains, uh, bumps that. and bruises. Is this a playoff team? Will the LA Chargers be in the playoff frame in the AFC when it's all said and done? You know, I'd like to say yes. If they were an NFC team, I, I think it would be a lock, to be totally honest with you, the way things are going. I think it's a little bit harder to navigate in the AFC. I'll, I'll lean yes, but not ridiculously confident. David, I was trying to read your face while Michael was answering that question. Do you see this Chargers team as a playoff team, or will they continue to bewilder us by looking like they did yesterday some days and looking like they did three weeks ago on other days? Which Chargers team will announce themselves or itself by the end of the season? Well, I wish I could tell you, but I, I can give you something to look for. And Mike mentioned it. It's uh, I think actually you did, Drew. The the stat for as far as pressure goes and how how good he was versus pressure. If you're going to find a, a chink in the armor for Justin in the in the last couple of years, it's only ever been uh, pressure and teams being able to kind of attack their scheme a little bit. 
and he's had free rushers at him. He's had sometimes no answers. They rely they rely so much on Justin to make make the big throw and make the big play in the pocket that a lot of times there's not there's not sound answers for him. But he's overcome that now, and he's starting to play even above that stuff. So if I'm looking at one stat the rest of the year for the Chargers or one point of a game when I'm watching them, it's how does he do with seven or eight guys at the line of scrimmage? Does he make consistent plays? And if he's doing that, they're absolutely a playoff team. Chargers, with that win, did in fact get into the door of the club. They are sitting in the final seventh seed, that final wild card spot in the AFC playoff picture as it stands right now. Looking ahead, they are seven and six. Looking ahead to their remaining four games, winnable all of them based on form. They face the Titans next, then the Colts, then the Rams, and then they finish at mile high against the Broncos. I wouldn't be surprised at all if this Chargers team runs the table in those four games. Of course, I wouldn't be surprised at all if anything else happened too. Why? Because they are the Chargers. The next topic is the final game, Lions 34, Vikings 23. Golf play action fake, time in the pocket, looks, looks, throws deep downfield, got a man wide open, inside the five, caught, end zone, touchdown Detroit Lions! Jamison Williams, welcome to Detroit, young man! How about that? Jared Goff, 27 of 39, 330 yards and three touchdowns. Maybe Jared Goff deserves the question that I just asked about Justin Herbert, certainly with regards to being overlooked and potentially underrated. One hell of a game for him yesterday. One hell of a story is starting to write itself in Detroit. I shouldn't say write itself. They are writing it every single week, painfully joyously, wonderfully, and surprisingly, is this the time to start taking the Detroit Lions seriously, or have we waited too long already? No, I think they're a playoff team. I think they're going to make the playoffs. We were going through their schedule. I know Mooch is going to make a compelling case for them on on total access, but um, Goff, Dan Campbell's talked about his evolution, even in season with this team, over 300 yards passing, three touchdowns. I'll take it a step further, David. I know you probably love watching Jared out there having success, but this defense, 12 consecutive games now with the takeaway. Hutchinson has been as good as advertised. I don't know if he's defensive rookie of the year, but he's one of two, three guys that legitimately can make that argument for it. This team all of a sudden had some issues early, but I, I think they're going to make the playoffs. I find it difficult to say this, but the truth is that I am not a staunch believer in my own Washington commander sitting there at 7-5-1. and one. They moved their way into the playoff picture to the sixth seed, actually, by not taking the field in Week 14. Obviously, the Giants lost and the Seahawks lost, and so they jumped down. Washington jumps over them. But if you look at the remaining schedule, David Carr, Lions sitting at 6-7, and seven, face the Jets next. That's going to be difficult, certainly against a Jets team that is reeling with disappointment after back-to-back losses, and they think those should have been back-to-back wins. But then they face the Panthers, the Bears, and a Packers team that may well be without Aaron Rodgers in week, what is that, 18 or 19. Do you see the same light at the end of the tunnel in silver and blue that Mike Yam sees? Is this Lions team out of nowhere a playoff team? It's crazy to say that because at the beginning of the year, Aaron Glenn, who was an old teammate of mine in Houston, I, and I love the staff that Dan Campbell's put together there, but they were historically bad. And, and he's adapted and he's changed and he's grown as a head coach or as a, sorry, as a defensive coordinator. And he's been brilliant. I mean, the, the way that they have gotten that back into play, the defensive line has started to make some plays and the linebacker core has always been pretty solid young. Yes, but, but they play hard, man. And I have a hard time saying that they won't because they have, the lions have something that I think a lot of teams in the NFL would love to have. 
And that is a, an identity and a belief system. And I know we joked a lot about Dan Campbell, and I was guilty of it too, just as much as everybody else. You watch his press conference, you hear some of the things that he says on Hard Knocks, and you kind of laugh it off. But, man, he, he sticks to it. It's not an act. He, he takes it out there to the practice field, and these guys believe that they are that team. And he's instilled that confidence in them. And when you get down to the end of the season and you're battling for playoff spots and you're battling these teams, if they don't have something to hang their hat on, and you do, you win. And, and right now the Lions have that. And as this thing gets close and tight towards the end, they're going to rally together. They're going to come together as a unit. And they're a talented group. Man, offense too. That wide receiving core, yeah. you can put them up with anybody. And Jared Goff's been to the Super Bowl. He knows how to, he knows how to win late. So, yeah, I, I love their run game, and their offensive line's been brilliant all year. So it's just a matter of being able to do yeah, it. Absolutely, David. All eyes on Amon Ross St. Brown, and yet who went out yesterday and bossed the moss? It was DJ Chark. Josh Reynolds came in with a touchdown himself, and, of course, Amon Ra was fed as he always is. I think, David, what you said is absolutely perfect. I was guilty of rolling my eyes and maybe even giggling a little bit after Dan Campbell's yeah, initial did. press conference. But the fact yeah, is did. you do not need polish to be professional. Maybe he is unpolished, but there is a professionalism in the way that he has this team going about what they are doing. That's right. And full credit to them for doing that. They may have the last laugh here and they may in fact be a playoff team. I love narratives that change, narratives that get broken, streaks that get broken. Good Lord, Detroit, prove us all wrong. Get yourself in that playoff picture. Wouldn't that be wonderful? I want to thank today's special guests, David Carr and Mike Yam. Please join us tomorrow, Tuesday, for a first look at the 15th week. I can't believe I'm saying that in the NFL. Week 15. Some very interesting games on offer. The Bills against the Dolphins. The Lions that we just talked about against the Jets. Mike Yam's Giants against my Commanders. There is a lot to look forward to. We will start to break down matchups within those games. Till then, ciao for now. NFL Total Access is a production of the NFL in partnership with iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower... 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day. And smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union. A savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA. Hey, have you ever used Cheapo Air? For years, and I really like it. With Cheapo Air, you can book online, use their app, or even over the phone. They've got great prices on over 500 airlines and millions of accommodations. They're my go-to for travel planning. And if you join their Club Miles program, you can earn points to save on the cost of your travel. Book on the app, and you get double points. Sounds like it's time I tried Cheapo Air. Call Cheapo Air at 855-247-3279. 
or visit cheapoair.com slash podcast.